You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Welcome to Dental Talk. I'm Dr. Phil Klein. Dental providers are now in a unique position to raise awareness about the oral systemic link and gain recognition as an elite healthcare provider. But in order for us to do that, we need to think outside of the box, use critical thinking, and be open to new and innovative dental materials, services, and healthcare delivery models. According to our guest today, Lancet Van Gilder, there has never been a better time to expand our reach as a dental healthcare provider and become a dental trailblazer. Lancet is a practicing dental hygienist for 26 years. She owns her own mobile dental hygiene company. That sounds innovative. She has been featured on many podcasts for her innovative approaches for improving access to care and elevating the provider and patient experience. Lancet, it's a pleasure to have you on Dental Talk. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Dr. Klein. It's really an honor to spend some time with you today. Yeah, thank you very much. And we congratulate you on the success of your webinars on Viva Learning. They've gotten great attendance. Uh, I think you broke 800 on a recent one, something like that. It was just a huge turnout. So obviously you're uh, very popular. It can't be Viva Learning, right? It's it's definitely Lancet <laughs> that's driving this. I think it's the team, right? There we go. It okay, we'll, we'll, we'll take some credit for it too. Um, so to begin, let me ask you a simple question. Why do you think it's time for dentistry to evolve to a new level? We've been doing dentistry the way we've been doing it for a long time. We've had a lot of innovations in dentistry, but you look at this in a little bit different way as far as the evolution and what we're due for. And what exactly is a dental trailblazer? Yeah, well, thanks for letting me just share some of my enthusiasm with you about, you know, what's going on now and what I see for the future. I, I don't even know that it's a choice anymore on whether or not dentistry should evolve. It seems absolutely necessary in today's world. I think it all kind of stems from, you know, having a really good, solid growth mindset. I think it's needed in every facet of either running a business or working in a business. You know, whether it's navigating through a pandemic or selecting products and supplies, making recommendations to our patients, recruiting new patients, we all need that. Um, but even more importantly, in today's kind of, you know, work model, you know, we need to attract high level employees and employees are seeking high performing employers. Um, this, this is a new spot for us. We saw through the pandemic, you know, many businesses that were not adaptable, they didn't embrace change, they were not forward or positive thinking, either didn't make it or they're still kind of struggling. Not all, but some. You know, those who, who were a little quicker to embrace the new ways of thinking, new ways of doing things, recovered faster, better, they became more resilient, they had happier, more productive employees, and all that hopefully led to better health outcomes for our patients, which is the shared vision that we all have. You know, so if we look around the world today, nothing we do is the same as it was 20 years ago, and dentistry should, should not be the same either. With technology and advanced educational opportunities, this whole expanded network of healthcare providers that we have the luxury of working with, you know, dentistry has the opportunity to blaze new trails in the healthcare landscape. You know, I, I really think that we have been underutilizing our skill set. Um, an example is in 2018, way before the pandemic, I started advocating for dental hygienists to administer vaccines. You know, as a disease a specialist in disease prevention, that's that's important to me. Like, how do we prevent disease, right? So. I thought that dental hygienists could play a role in increasing vaccination rates for routine immunizations. And I was also following a lot of research on the HPV vaccine and was hopeful that it would gain FDA approval to help prevent head and neck cancers, which of course it did in 2020. Um, but many were confused or fearful from the idea of kind of going outside of the box. Um, but today, years later, amidst a global pandemic, it seems to make sense. And I personally now have just given about 10,000 COVID vaccines. Wow, congratulations so, on that. Thank you. 
Yeah, that's amazing. So you really are looking to, when you say expand your reach, now let me play the other side. You know, I'm a dentist or a dental hygienist. I've been trained to do restorative dentistry. I've been trained to do periodontal treatment, whatever I'm focusing on in my practice. Some even are expanding to sleep apnea and other things. And as a dental hygienist, 90% of what I do is making sure that the dentition is clean, free of plaque and calculus. Why do you think it's necessary to go beyond that? Why can't these dental professionals just stay in the world they're in and provide the dental care that they're used to doing and what they were trained to do? I think there's like two pieces of that. I think there's space for us all to find our niche. My niche is out of the box, looking at the person as a whole entire body. Um, and I think many offices have the opportunity to transform into complete health dentistry. Not everyone is going to choose to do that. And so what I encourage is then build a network of other people who will provide those services that you're not providing. You know, that's where we have this great idea where we have this amazing opportunity to choose how we look at the future and how we look at change. And do you want to be the person that reacts to change, resists change, fights change? Or do you want to be part of the person that's actually coming up with the ideas to make it happen? And I think there's room for all of that. And if you don't want to be the complete health dental practice and look at the whole body as a whole, you know, refer to other people who do um, those things that you don't want to do. For instance, in my in my office, I work as an uh, in private practice as well as an airway ambassador. So one day a week, that's all I do is screen patients for um, you know sleep apnea and airway disorders and. I do all the screening and collect all the data, um, but then I work with a whole team of doctors and pulmonologists and dentists and um, physical therapists and chiropractors. You know, I don't feel the burden of having to do all those services, but believe me, I know how to get you in touch with somebody. Who okay, can. so it sounds like to me, you're getting a tremendous amount of career satisfaction out of treating the whole body and not just focusing in the mouth. So even though you're not doing sleep apnea treatment necessarily, you feel satisfied identifying sleep apnea problems that could actually be a life changer for, for someone if you could yes. fix these problems. And so yes. you're much happier with your career. And at the same time, what, what about revenue though? I mean, I know it's a bit, you know, dentistry is a business and bills have to be paid. How does that help the revenue of the practice uh, by expanding your reach? Well, I think, you know, when you expand the reach, for instance, going into to sleep apnea is there are patients who are desperately seeking help. And those patients, those are the patients that you're recruiting and enrolling in these, in these, you know, alternative kind of settings. Um, we grow these patients from our practice, from our hygiene department, especially. Hygienists spend the most amount of time with patients and they can pick up on so many clues about patients not sleeping well, not feeling like they have enough energy. They're not sleeping in the same bed as their spouse because they're snoring. These are normal conversations that we're already having. We're kind of farming these patients, you know, from our already thriving practice and then creating a space where we can talk to them about it a little bit more. I have found that patients will pay for, for healthcare that they value that are going to change their lives and make them feel better. Mm -hmm. um, so the revenue follows, follows the passion if you fully commit and develop good systems and products and programs and staff. So you're getting career satisfaction, but you're also engaging with the patient in a way that shows how much you really care about their total health. They're not just a warm body in the chair racking up dental work and um, mm -hmm. they appreciate this and probably refer tons of patients to your practice just through word of mouth, their friends, family and say, hey, you know, Lancet is an amazing dental hygienist. She works for a great practice. So that's a great way to, to boost a business without a doubt is to provide incredible customer satisfaction or patient satisfaction. So let me ask you this. 
What types of innovations are you seeing that can actually expand the reach of dental care inside and outside of the operatory? Well, yeah, like we talked about with airway, um, you know, many offices getting on board with airway using the CBC, you know, CT to assess a variety of things. We can now look at all day long. Now I look at sinus cavities and tonsils and adenoids and and measuring out airways, um, digital scanning. You know, we've been using that for quite a while for treatment, but now we can use it for patient education um, and to track changes from, you know, appointment to appointment. You know, we can get additional certifications. I went through a whole bunch of training for airway um, health. I also got certified in some dementia training recently as well. So there's additional education, there's additional certifications. Um, there's a whole bunch of knowledge base and certifications and programs now on holistic and natural products. You know, we have innovations out there that are delivering floss right to the patient's doorstep so they don't have to go out and buy that. Like, don't you wish you would have been the person who invented mm-hmm. that? Um, sure. where we're, right? Man. If, I wouldn't you know, be doing the, podcasts if I invented that, that right? That yeah. crystal ball, if we would have only known that people would actually appreciate floss being delivered to their doorstep, right? And they're willing to pay a lot of money for these floss subscription plans. Um, You know, we have artificial intelligence, we have apps for our phones, we have Bluetooth um, toothbrushes now, you know, we have a whole new focus on the environment. Patients are very, very concerned about the environment and being socially responsible, like bamboo toothbrushes. Again, I wish I would have invented that. It's brilliant. The patient's happy, the environment's happy. It's kind of a win-win. But I want to just kind of touch on kind of one of the greatest inventions, innovations that I have come to appreciate is bioactive dental materials. Um, I think this is going to be a really exciting future for dentistry, um, for cements and adhesives. But I use the BioCoat sealant material uh, for dental sealants, and it's been a game changer for disease prevention. The BioCoat dental sealant material is ideal for patients of all ages. It allows for you know fluoride, calcium, and phosphate to freely flow in and out of the sealant. I work in a lot of high-risk, vulnerable populations in public health, and I work in a private practice that has a very different population, um, but I'm applying sealants all the time as one of the primary prevention strategies that we have. And, and these, sealants, well, these sealants can be for children and adults, right? Children and adults, you know, so they have the smart cap technology that allows for constant remineralization, you know, when the fluoride and calcium and phosphate's going in and out of the sealant, it's constantly in the saliva. And every time a person brushes their teeth with a fluoridated toothpaste, it recharges the fluoride ions. So it's promoting um, you know, remineralization through the whole entire cavity and not just the sealant. Sealants in the past were just a physical barrier. Sealants of the future are now about whole mouth health and, you know, promoting remineralization. I place thousands, about 4,000 sealants a year, and this is predominantly the one that I use. And the other thing I love about it is it has this new feature where if you place a curing light on it at a recall visit, you can actually go in and inspect all of the margins and check for any voids or, you know, um, fractures or anything around, the, anything around the margins. I don't typically find them, but it's really, really important for practitioners to not only place the sealant, but to constantly reevaluate it every time the patient comes yeah, in. Absolutely. My retention rate now is over 99% um, with this new sealant material. So for me, again, a uh, specialist in disease prevention. I can't say enough about sealants for adults and children. And and this new bioactive material, I think, is one of the greatest innovations that I have seen. Yeah. And bioactive materials are becoming really um, a trend right now, more than a trend. They're being used by dental professionals. And it's uh, something to really start looking at as far as the restorative materials, not only the sealants that, that you recommend, but the restorative materials have this ability to actually create a bridge at the margins of the restoration, like a bioactive cement 
can actually grow dentin, quote unquote, grow dentin. And this is something that's really important for longevity when it comes to eliminating, possibly eliminating recurrent decay. So excited about the bioactive dental materials. Yeah, that's, that, that is a big innovation. I'm glad you found a sealant that you like. So can you give us some examples of uh, what medical dental integration looks like now as far as a patient coming in and having a dental hygienist see that patient and tying in some of the things that are going on in the mouth, pathologies, disease conditions with the rest of the body. So what's happening right now with that? And w what do you think the future looks like uh, as well? Yeah, well, I think one, one common thread that we see now, and I think we're going to see in the future is that more and more medical services are gonna be provided in the dental setting. You know, for me, I'm a big vaccine advocate. So for me, that might look like vaccinations. For other people, it might look like something else. Um, so more dental, you know, medical services in the medical setting and more dental services in the medical setting. You know, getting fluoride varnishes on kids at well child uh, visits, you know, Many practitioners are fully aware of the oral systemic link, and many people are doing a fabulous job about educating our patients and all the research regarding pathogens and chronic inflammation and, you know, that inflammatory and infectious pathway in and outside the mouth. But some dental trailblazers have moved from education to action. You know, I'm doing the airway screenings, but I know other hygienists that are doing, you know, chair-side A1C testing. I know hygienists that are doing rapid uh, chair-side HIV testing. Many practices now are implementing salivary diagnostics where we can actually use laboratory testing to determine what's going on with somebody's oral wellness. So, you know, going going into this route where we're offering more medical services in our setting, but then, you know, on, on the flip side, can dentistry evolve where we will embrace the medical professionals to come in with us as well? Um, or will dentistry be able to evolve into more of a medical model where we have tiered practitioners? You know, I'm a big fan of licensed dental therapists being part of our tier, just like PAs and nurse practitioners came on board. Um, you know, we have mobile dentistry. I'm very passionate. I own my own mobile dental business and I offer teledentistry as, as well. I couldn't imagine going as a hygienist. I couldn't imagine going back to practicing without teledentistry. I use it in my mobile business. I use it in my private practice. I do a lot of consultations that way, um, oral hygiene education. I lecture to big uh, gymnasiums full of kids in, in, a, in a gym, you know, via, via Zoom, um, you know, teledentistry, mobile dentistry medical services in the dental setting, dental services in the medical setting, I think is absolutely, now we're at the cusp and that will eventually become the norm. Yeah, amazing. You you were really accomplished uh, as young as you are, just incredible things. Um, <laughs> just to wrap up this podcast, tell us just briefly about the mobile business you started, because I think that's kind of fascinating. What is that about? Yeah, so in, in Nevada, my business is called Community Dental Connections, and I, I have portable mobile equipment that I just pack up in my car, so overhead is low. Um, I can go to schools. I can go to reservations, nursing homes. I can do home health. Um, I can really pretty much practice in any setting as long as I can document that there's a public health need. You know, do people have barriers for finances or transportation or language? Um, maybe they live out in a rural area where there are no dental providers. You know, this is a great way for me to bring care to them. You know, ideally, I like to consider myself an interventionist and, a, and an education specialist. Like, let me go and teach you. Let me tell you what I see. And then let's connect you with a dental home. You know, ideally, I still want people to get into a brick and mortar um, dental home. And sometimes that can be facilitated rather quickly. And sometimes that takes a while. 
Um, but ultimately, it's to reach the masses, right? How I can bring dentistry to people who can't come to us, I bring it to them. That's actually uh, bring it to the masses. That's very similar to our goal here at Viva Learning is that we've taken education to a level where we can actually teach dentists all over the world through Viva Learning. Just like this podcast, we do, we're doing over 70,000 webinars per month as far as viewings right now. 70,000. It's just uh, something I never thought we'd ever reach. But it's been really super interesting talking to you, Lancet. We know that you, uh, you know, have so much more to share with us that we can't fit in this time frame here. But your enthusiasm is certainly infectious. You should probably franchise your mobile hygiene company because you have a <laughs> you have a formulary that seems to be working, but you can't be in it in all these places by yourself, you know, you can't do it yourself, right? So. Man, I would love that. There's actually a, a conference every year for mobile practitioners. It's called the National Mobile uh, Dental Health Conference, and it's held in March. It'll be the first week of March in Las Vegas. So if anybody is interested in mobile wow. dentistry, I will be there giving a couple courses or wants to connect or wants to know more about, you know, expanding your reach in the mobile or teledentistry world. Um, let's get in touch. Yeah, fantastic. If they want to reach you, Lancet, what's the best way? Should they just Google you? You can reach me at my website is hygienistforhealth.com or you can find me on social media. Very, very good. So reach out to Lancet if you have any questions. It's been great talking to you and we really do look forward to hearing more of your exciting ideas in the future on Viva Learning. Oh, thank you so much, Dr. Klein, for all that you do as well. You're welcome. Thank you so much.